Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan, broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studio. It's a leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. That is lakeland.edu. Uh, Rami Makloff is here. Uh, he will be coming up at 3 o'clock with The Rami Show. Um, and I, I can't wait. I'll be honest with you, I can't wait to have Rami in here. And I will tell you why right now. Uh, but before I tell you why, I want to tell you that Ken Ingalls, our salary cap guy, uh, is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. Uh, he was super busy on social media and Twitter over the weekend, putting all these different things out as far as, okay, if they're going to you know, franchise tag Devontae Adams, these are the players that are going to have to go. These are This is all the other stuff that's going to have to happen in order to keep Devontae Adams. And then did another one with, okay, if you're going to keep Devontae Adams and you want to keep Aaron Rodgers and Jair Alexander, this is all the other stuff that has to happen in order to get it done. So we're going to go through all the particulars of how this is possibly going to look this offseason with Ken Ingles. Uh, and again, the CPA, the whole deal. The guy's the guy uh, a mastermind with the CBA and so forth. Uh, so we'll talk to him coming up about 15 minutes. But the reason why I'm really looking forward to kind of talking to Rami here is because uh, the station itself, we just had our anniversary. Now, uh, 670 The Score, uh, down in Chicago, our sister station, uh, they are celebrating 30 years uh, on the air at The Score. And 
again, a great deal uh, for them. And I remember growing up in Kenosha, there was no sports talk at that point in Wisconsin. I used to listen to the score growing up on their uh, crappy signals that they started off with. Uh, and then eventually they got the monster signal that they have now on 670. But uh, that was the only sports talk I had. So I had to listen to Chicago sports talk if I wanted to listen to anything. So that's kind of what I grew up on. For us here at The Fan, we started this station January 1st of 2005. January 1st of 2005. And it's been kind of an adventure a, a little bit, right? Uh, you're going all the way back to 2005, all the different um, uh, v- varieties of morning shows that we've had along uh, the way, the afternoon shows, uh, the midday shows. At one point back when we started this radio station, uh, we had Jim Rome on the air. We had uh, Dan Patrick uh, at another moment in time uh, on the radio station as well. Uh, all kinds of uh, different morning shows. The first morning show that was ever on this radio station was uh, Chuck Garbedian and Johnny Vaughn. Uh, with Barry Hirsch uh, as the executive producer of that show. Uh, That was the very first morning show uh, back in the day. Uh, One of the very first uh, Packer players that were on the air with us uh, back in the day. We had Don Mikowski on the air. Randy Wright was a regular guest uh, from time to time back in the day. A great Rugemer, who's now on the Packers staff. He was uh, as a weekly guest when he played for the Packers. I've been through numerous different Brewers players, uh, Andrew Bogut was the first Bucks player that we had on as a weekly guest throughout the NBA season. Uh, it, it's it's brilliant, been a, a pretty cool and a, a pretty fun ride um, along the way. And I, I just wanted to take you know the first segment here and just kind of say thanks to everybody um, that's been listening to us for if you've been listening a month, if you've been listening today's your first day listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, have you been listening to us five years, ten years? Have you been listening to us uh, since day one when we started this thing on January first of two thousand and five? I appreciate y'all, um, and you know we wouldn't be here uh, without you. Um, that is uh, for absolute certain. Plucker in two thousand and five. What was Dan Plucker doing with his life in two thousand and five when we started this radio station? January first, two thousand and five. Now he's got to try and think of how young he was in 2005. So go ahead, Plucker. How old were you? Yeah, I would have been seven years old. How old are you now? I'm 24 now. Uh, yeah, seven. So yeah, so when you were seven, uh, I was here producing for uh, our first afternoon show, the Peter Brown Show, and Peter has been on the last couple of years uh, as well. And Peter Brown was a guy that we brought in who was doing nationally syndicated radio, and he was the first afternoon voice. Uh, and Peter Brown, upon coming onto the air, uh, immediately went at Brett Favre uh, and was all over Brett Favre for being a diva and calling him out for wanting to retire and so forth um, for the first couple of years uh, that the station was on the air and, and talking about the Green Bay Packers. So he he was uh, one of the original guys. Uh, and, and again, a lot of a lot of different chapters that 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 came along um, from one one uh, aspect from one host to another. And even if you go back to, you know, after the first couple of years, uh, when Bill Michaels came over to the radio station, um, it took us to a, to another level. It did. When he came from TMJ and, and brought the fan base that he had with TMJ, it helped us bring us uh, to another level. Uh, the uh, post-game shows, uh, Tim Allen, the king, right? There's a reason we call him a franchise, because he, he, he has been so instrumental um, 
in this radio station uh, as far as all of the Brewers coverage that he's done over the years from you know going to spring training year in and year out from hosting post game shows uh, after pretty much every Brewers game and that, you know look that's a six seven night a week job uh, talking Brewers baseball one way or the other and having done that show with him for 10 years and having done Bucks and Packers I'm here to tell you the, the, one of the most difficult things to do is Brewers postgame shows seven days a week, pretty much, six, seven days a week for six months out of the year. Because with Packers, you know, they play on Sunday. You get all week to kind of digest the game. You look ahead to the next game, you move forward. With Brewers, it literally is just you react to that game, kind of look ahead to the next game, and that's kind of it. And the next night, you do it all over again. And the storyline kind of evolves throughout the year, but when we started doing that post-game show, uh, what was it, 2006, I mean, our boss at the time didn't think it would last half a year. Like, ah, nobody cares about the Brewers. This is going to be a waste of time. Nobody's going to listen to it, Tim. Ah, you're just wasting your time. Well, here we go. And and Tim Allen's still here all those years later doing that. A fantasy football show that Tim has done for a number of years also. Uh, a, a huge part of, of what we do here at the radio station. And then, you know, you look at Saturdays. Uh, with Mike McGivern and all the stuff that that he's brought to the table, the Nary Home, or not the Nary Home Improvement Show, the Home Improvement Show, I should say, uh, and Current Electric being a, a current sponsor of that, uh, the Youth Sports Show obviously uh, has been a big deal, and then all the different high school programming that Mike's helped br- bring to the station. And I, I think what it does is, if you look at everything uh, over the course of time, we've kind of touched a little bit every niche. Of, of what somebody would want. Hell, I did a bowling show for a number of years with, with Dwight Albright uh, and Phil Brylow on Sunday mornings, uh, you know, for, for an hour. And we talk uh, PBA bowling, high school bowling, have all the different PBA bowlers on, like Jason Belmonte and Sean Rash and all of those guys. We did a racing show, Steve Zotke, NASCAR Girl Summer Santana, and I uh, on Saturdays for a number of years as well. And you guys have been supportive all the way through of everything we've done. Um, I don't have any, you know, fun montage to play for you uh, or anything like that, you know, to kind of highlight everything that we've done. But I just want to take a couple minutes since they gave me an hour to do a show every day and just say, thanks, man. It, it means a ton. And we you know we've talked about the toy drive and just how special that has been from, you know, the first year of that toy drive having, you know, $7,000, I think it was on cash and toys in a small little box truck. And we had no expectations of what that was going to be like. Uh, you know, to growing it as big as we grew it a couple of years ago before this whole COVID pandemic hit. Um, and then rallying back after maybe a down year last year and and putting up a, a, a pretty sizable number this year, thanks to everybody's help and the fire departments, Steve Wilding and those guys for doing a great job of helping us uh, collect toys, uh, has been uh, an amazing uh, journey as well. When I started here uh, in 2005, when we started this radio station, we've had all kinds of different program directors, right? Chip Ramsey, Ryan McGuire, uh, Tom Parker, who was here for a long a period of time, and obviously Mitch Rosen, uh, who also runs 670 The Score, through all the different program directors and all the different journeys, ups and downs and so forth, um, you just really appreciate it when, you know, you can go out and you talk to the different listeners and stuff, and everybody just says, hey, man, you know, thanks for doing what you do. Kind of get you through the day. And that's what we're trying to do. You may get upset at us for our opinions or takes on things. We may hang up on you. Don't take it personal, right? If we hang up on you one way or the other because we get, you know, anxious or whatever the case may be. We appreciate you, each and every one of you, uh, whether it be on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, if you're calling into the shows, 
Um, if you're just listening, you don't do any of that, but you're just out there listening um, and enjoying us. Just want to take some time to say thank you. So that's it. That's my soliloquy. We'll talk to Rami a little bit about it uh, when he comes up here uh, at about uh, quarter to three, 10 to three or whatever and get his thoughts on it. Uh, you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan at any point. I will talk some Packers salary cap numbers and what Devonte Adams on a franchise tag might mean. Uh, what an Aaron Rodgers extension might mean. How does Jair, Jair Alexander, who's going to de- need an extension here at some point soon, how does that fit into the equation? Our salary cap guy, Ken Ingles, has all of that and more straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Let's go, fellas, let's go! The Packers get the win, and we're talking about it on The Fan. That's how we do it. It's a green and gold Monday on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. There in the first segment, we're kind of talking about all the uh, different people and shows that have come and gone on The Fan celebrating 17 years. And it was pointed out to me uh, on Twitter. And rightfully so, because I totally spaced. I wasn't doing that off a script. I was just kind of rolling through my brain as I was talking. Uh, Cutting Edge Outdoors, which uh, just ended uh, their long run here on the radio station. Uh, Also instrumental, right? John Lehman. Uh, God bless him. Uh, he passed away a, a few years ago, uh, but he was as entertaining as they come. Uh, Dan Bush, Bushy, Tom Neubauer, uh, just a, a great show on Saturday mornings from 6 to 8 for so many years, dating all the way back to when we started. So uh, my thanks and appreciation to those guys uh, as well. Uh, that was a very, very fun show. Always an adventure if you were a producer on that show uh, and using that dump button, especially back when John Lehman uh, uh, was on the show. No question about that. All right, joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is our salary cap guy, Ken Ingles. And, of course, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ken Ingles. Ken, thanks so much for coming on, man. appreciate you. Hey, Sparky. How you doing? Happy 17th. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, so I got to be honest with you, man. I, I was watching your twi- uh, Twitter feed, uh, and the more you tweeted, the more I shook my head and got myself more and more confused as I was watching all these numbers. I was going cross-eyed. So let's see if I could figure this all out. So I remember back uh, a couple months ago, you and I talked about this whole Devontae Adams. Can you franchise tag him and trade him? And you pretty much at that point said, yeah, there's no way they're franchise tagging him at this point. It would kill their salary cap. And then the reports come out over the weekend that maybe that is going to be the plan, that they are going to franchise tag them. So tell us about what the number is and how big of an impact that then has as far as who they can and can't keep. Right, right. So the issue with this with the franchise tag and Devontae Adams really comes down to timing. Because if you remember from our last conversation, yeah, they can throw the franchise tag on Devontae Adams to try and keep him around for next year. But then they also need to be under the salary cap. Right. The problem is, is that franchise take counts first, and that's going to be over $20 million. And then they need to be under the salary cap. And so solutions like, oh, well, maybe if they trade Rodgers, maybe if they trade, you know, fill in the blank of whoever, well, that, that can get them under the cap. But the problem is you can't trade those players until you need to be under the cap. So it becomes very, very painful because you can't make trades until march and you have to be under the cap before march well you can you can trade a player at the start of the new league year but that's also the time you need to be under the salary cap yep but you have to be like under the salary cap as you know at the stroke of midnight so to speak right right so you can't execute those trades until after and if you're not under before then you'd run into problems so it's it's an order of operations going back to like you know 
uh, grade school arithmetic, you know, multiplying and dividing before adding and subtracting type of deal. So it, it becomes a math problem. And, you know, I'm with you. I, I started hearing these reports. Okay, maybe the Packers are thinking about doing the tag. And, you know, for my own self, <laughs> my, my own knowledge, I'm like, okay, how would that even work? How could they even do that? So, like, right now, if they were to throw the tag on Devontae, given everything that they have, you know, all their guys that are under contract, there's, like, 40 guys in their contract, and they restructure their big guys, uh, Kenny Clark, um, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari a second time, extend Jair Alexander uh, and Preston Smith. I think Preston Smith is going to be um, here for a while based on how he's playing. And unfortunately, you'd have to cut ties with the Darius Smith, Billy Turner, Mason Crosby, Mercedes Lewis, and Randall Cobb just to be like above zero, to like have less than a million dollars but more than zero at that start of the new year. And that includes signing nobody else. So like a guy like Yosh Nijman, right, who's an exclusive rights guy who's absolutely going to be back on this team next year because he can't really negotiate with any team but the Packers. Signing him would put them over. That's how, that's how tight this is. This, none of the 16 guys that are on the practice squad would be able to come back. So that $20 million number gets really, really rough. So I'm, I'm looking at uh, one of the tweets, and you just went over, and you have the term max restructure with voids. Please explain what that means. So we saw the Packers do that this year where – they would um, essentially put uh, void fake years on the back end of some of these contracts, essentially putting uh, a player's salary on the cap credit card. You know, we'll pay for it two, three, four years down the road. Sure. And so the maximum number of like years that you can spread this money out is five. So the Packers, I believe this year, um, they had six contracts where they put void years on. So I have a scenario. I think the one that you're probably talking about where I had, nine players if they like went all all in again correct yeah you had pushed. clark jones bakhtiari lowry amos gary savage jenkins and kiki all that max restructure with voids right and that's still cutting zadarius mason crosby mercedes lewis randall cobb and then cutting billy turner um at the stroke of midnight if you will once we get to that new um new league year there's a little bit of a post-june savings that can go in franchise Tag Adams and extend Rogers by making him a $45 million a year player, because that was a big question I kept getting. Well, how can we do this and keep Rogers and keep Rogers? So that extension saves 14 million. If you do all of that, all of that combined, you still get to the point where you have between like two to $8 million for everyone else. And again, that doesn't include signing your own practice squad guys. That doesn't include, you know, and Alan Lazard, who obviously want to try and keep around, and MVS. Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell, right. Yeah, you guys were talking about that in the previous hour, about all these names and all these guys that we want to bring back. If there's one thing that, you know, I think that's important to take away from this conversation is the Packers can bring back whoever they want. If you want them to bring back Aaron Rodgers, if you want them to bring back Devontae Adams, Devondre Campbell, they can. They absolutely can't, but they can't bring back everybody. And that's where the math gets really, really tough. Um, you know, how much, you know, unfortunately, we, we know that the Packers kind of went all in this year. Fans have been wanting that for years. Like, I wish the Packers would kind of put their chips to the center of the table and go for it. 
And hell, they're in a great position to go for it. And, you know, number one seed locked up with one week to go. You can't ask for any better. But unfortunately, you know, that credit card that we put all that money on is we have to start making those payments next year. And that's where we start running into trouble. You know, good and good talked, I think, back before the season that eventually they're going to have to pay the piper for what they're doing this year. Um, and that was before they made all the in-season signings uh, to continue to add to this roster kind of of going forward. And really, I mean, the only other team that's worse than them at this point are the New Orleans Saints. But, I mean, you can go back and look in history as far as teams that have got destroyed by by kind of going forward salary cap-wise back to the Cowboys and the Niners and those guys that had to go through complete rebuild and it took them years to get back to where you're going in this case, with the guys you're talking about cutting um, and then trying to figure out how to do it going forward, but if you're able to keep your Hall of Fame quarterback and potentially Hall of Fame wide receiver, uh, while, yeah, losing some pieces, I still think you're competitive and in the hunt for a Super Bowl, even with all of that being done. Absolutely. I think, th- I think that would be a very competitive team. I think the answer for the, for the Devontae Adams question comes outside of the franchise tag though because that number is it's 20.12 million dollars they could do an extension and cut that into like a fourth right have that be like closer to five or six million dollars then you can do a lot then some of those names can stick around or some of those decisions become a lot easier that that could be the difference between billy turner sticking on this team or not or being able to maybe have a Devondre Campbell in the middle of the defense again, or or Razul Douglas on the back end. Um, I think the path forward will come down to a long-term deal, but the franchise tag and the math and how inhibiting that can really become for the Packers um, is where they run into problems. Because as soon as they say, we're going to franchise tag you, that $20 million hits. And if he signs that piece of paper and says, yep, I, that's going to happen, but then still hold out, or even if he doesn't hold out, they can't, they can't move that money. It sits there, so they can't restructure it. They can't do it and, and sign any other players, and it becomes this huge anchor. What they really want is a long-term deal. What I'm thinking what we saw over the weekend was kind of you know, the negotiation through the media starting to happen where the players are kind of putting that, or the Packers are putting that out there saying, you know, we're not getting close to a deal. We can kind of threaten the franchise tag, and players hate the franchise tag. So I think this is just, early on in the early steps of the negotiation. I'm hopeful the deal gets done. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so let's take it to another step. But we had a caller in the big show earlier uh, bring up that he wasn't a fan, based on what he's seen, of giving offensive linemen a ton of money if your organization is capable of coaching up and producing pretty stout offensive linemen. And his reasoning, obviously, is look at how well this offensive line is doing without Bakhtiari. Uh, and now even with Elton Jenkins, he's going to be up for a deal here shortly. Uh, and why spend all that money on offensive linemen where you should be spending it on quarterbacks, wide receivers, corners, and pass rushers? He'd rather have it spent there than the offensive line. And I, I just said I've never heard of anybody not wanting to pay an all-pro left tackle like Bakhtiari. Now the Jenkins thing, that's different because he's a unique situation. The fact that he can play all five positions on the offensive line and, and at a high level. There's not a lot of dudes walking around the National Football League in the last 10 years they can play all five positions on the line as good as Jenkins can. But at some point, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but if Rodgers and Adams stay, I just don't know how you get Jenkins and Jair Alexander back on big deals. Oh, I think, I think you pay your offensive lineman, and I think you pay your, your you know, all-pro cornerback. You know, 
there's a difference between debating about a 30-year-old offensive lineman like a Brian Belaga or a Corey Lindsley that we've seen in recent years versus a guy like Elton, who's like, what, 22 years old, and he's already right. played four years in the NFL. Like, you know, he's like ridiculously young, and he's an ascending player. He's, he's, he's still going to get better. Those are the type of guys that you keep around. Having too many offensive linemen on your team is a good problem to have. And the reason why the Packers have had such good ability and sustainability on this team is because they've invested in the position. You know, they've used first round, second round, third round, fourth round picks year in and year out. Over the past, what, three years, they've had like, I think, nine draft picks on the O line. And a lot of those guys are panning out. So it's a great problem to have. I think no doubt Jenkins gets paid. I think he gets paid as a tackle and not as a guard. And I, you know, I think with that, his future might be at right tackle because obviously David Bakhtiari isn't going anywhere. And that's where I get a little bit nervous for, you know, a guy like Billy Turner. Does he become, you know, with his cap number and all the hard decisions, does that number where he's at and the five to, you know, $8 million that they could save? Does that become too good to pass up and you know to the problem is you know, Jenkins have to wave a, goodbye to him? Right, but the problem is you can't play Jenkins next year because he's hurt. I mean, odds are he's not going to play three quarters of the year next year. Would be my guess, or somewhere in that area. Yeah, we're looking at it right now with Bakhtiari. Right, um, he got injured what about a year ago, early December. Ago, you know, yeah. a year and three days ago, and he still hasn't seen the field. You know, Jenkins. I forget exactly when he went down, but. There's a good chance he's going to miss it, you know, first few weeks of, of the year. But again, yeah, offensive line is one of those positions where, in my opinion, it's a premium position. You've got to invest in it early and often. I'm the guy who, in the first round of the draft, that they drafted an offensive tackle every year, I'd be happy. I'd be like, this is great. But I'm, I'm all for, you know, I, paying the big men and, and finding those guys because there aren't too many athletic 330 pound guys um, out there who can do the job at a high level. But the Packers. Keep finding a way to you know bring them on the team, which is excellent and great coaching right now as well from Senovich mm-hmm. and Altman uh, with the Packers. Talking with Ken Ingles here on Sparky's Midday Madness on twelve fifty AM. The fan. Let's get, dive into Aaron Jones quickly here. Let's talk about that deal that he signed because from all indications, it feels like that was more of a two year deal than a true four year deal. That after you know two years, they would have to extend or do something different because of the salary cap number. Uh, how do you view his future with the team, knowing that AJ Dillon is playing really well? Right, right. You know, Jones was kind of in the same boat as Devante was that we're talking about this year, where a lot of people are like, we need to throw the franchise take on Aaron Jones. And I kept saying last year, I don't think a franchise take is workable for the same type of limitations that we had financially this year. They didn't place a tag on him. They ended up getting a long-term deal done, keeping his cap number really low. His number is only like four and a half million this year. It gets closer to nine next year. After that, it goes up to 19 and 15. So it gets real expensive, especially if they use this contract to push out even more money. Um, you know, I think it's, I think you're exactly right. I think it's more like a two year deal and then we'll see. Um, it, it gets too, ex- it actually costs more money on the, on the cap to not have him on the Packers next year than for playing with the Packers. So I don't think there's a chance he's going anywhere. But man, it's a great it's great to see Jones and Dylan. But you know the way Dylan's going, you know he might be he might be the leader of the backfield as soon as twenty twenty three. The wide receiver, the way things are going, right? The wide receiver position is another conundrum, especially if Adams doesn't oh. come back, uh, because Randall Cobb I think is a must have. If you're keeping Rodgers, then you have to figure out a way to keep Randall Cobb happy on on this team. 
Rogers has said numerous times, it's nice having my best friend back, which I thought was Bakhtiari. Maybe not. Uh, but so now it's Randall Cobb. So I think if you're going to try and keep Rogers, you're going to have to try and figure out a way to keep Randall Cobb. And under your scenario, you're moving on from Cobb because of that cap number. Uh, does that then take away the opportunity for him to come back? Or do they cut him and bring him back for a less, lesser amount? Extend him? What do you do there? I think Cobb could be the guy who got the Preston, um, the Preston Smith treatment this year, where they might ask him to take a little bit of a pay cut and throw a bunch of incentives at him if you know he hits certain play times sure. or or you know touchdowns or anything. Other than that, um, I could see the Packers coming to him, being like, "Look, we love you. You know, we love you. You're great for the team. Aaron Rodgers loves you, obviously. At that number, um, I believe his number is close to yeah, it's eight eight and a quarter million next year. That's really difficult, um, especially kind of with his health concerns that he's had recently. I think they can go, I'll think they'll stay pay cut or, you know, or, or wave goodbye. But again, that becomes really complex with this matrix of Aaron Rodgers, you know, will he or won't he that we're facing this upcoming off season. But here's the problem at wide receiver. The only guys on their contract are Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, and then a handful of these practice squad guys who have been elevated. Like I think Juwan Winfrey might be one guy. That's it. MVS is a free agent. Devante is a free agent. Um, Malik Taylor is a free agent. What about Lazard? Um, Lazard is a restricted free agent. So you have control. They don't have anyone. They don't have anyone in that room right now. So they're going to have to find ways to bring back those guys and potentially replace all the guys that they, I don't think they're going to be able to keep them all or maybe they might not want to keep them all. And then again, you know, further complicates my earlier scenarios is that all those numbers and all those really hard scenarios was with no signings with with nobody. So like none of those guys coming back, that's why it gets even harder and harder, harder as we go full, full circle here to picture them being able to pull off a franchise tag realistically because they know they, they can't go into, into unrestricted free agency with one wide receiver on the roster. But see, that's, they, they, they can't do that. But that's the other thing about this too, right? So if you're 12, if you're Rodgers, and you're sitting there telling me, okay, yeah, we'll get, we'll bring you back, we'll extend you, and yeah, we'll get you Devontae, the rest of the receiving core, though, may be rookies or vets on one-year deals, so you're going to have to start over chemistry-wise with these guys. Are you cool with that? Do you think he's going to be cool yeah. with that? I don't know. I, I don't know, and then, you know, we don't even know where the decision point is in this whole thing. You know, we're hearing a lot about how Rodgers is having a great year. He's loving it. Things seem to be, you know, happy and rosy right now. We'll see where we are in, you know, a month or two. But I, I, I go back to a year ago when Rodgers was having a hell of a lot of fun, too. He was, it was the gold zone year. There was a lot of fun, a lot of happiness. And all of a sudden, the offseason came around, and there was a lot of displeasure and unhappiness to go around. So, we don't know. We don't know where his head is at, and we don't know where Brian Gutekun said that. He may have already made the decision in his mind that we're moving on, and this is the last year. So, to be continued, the next, the next two and a half months before the new league year starts is going to be a wild roller coaster, much crazier than I think than what we saw last year during the draft when all this Rogers news first kind of came to light. I think it's going to be that times 10 this year. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your guess? How do you think this plays out right now? And obviously, you'll be able to change your mind five more times, but as of right now. Okay. As of right now, nothing has changed. I think the Green Bay Packers are trading Aaron Rodgers this season. And what about Devontae? I've said from the beginning 
of um, I, I said the moment Jordan Love was drafted that 2022 made sense financially. And then I also had this caveat, like I even said this, I'm like, if Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP and even wins the Super Bowl in 2022, it doesn't matter. If the Packers believe that Jordan Love is ready to be the guy, it doesn't matter. He will be the quarterback and they will move on from Aaron Rodgers. If Jordan Love isn't ready, then that opens the table up for more conversations. I don't know if he's ready. The Packers better know if he's ready or not because they've got some tough decisions. <sighs> All right. See, we ended on a down note. I was really hoping we were just going to, yeah, we're going to break everything. And you didn't. No, you didn't do that. It's all right, though. Uh, Ken, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it, like always. I'm sure we'll talk a million more times before this actually all goes down. But the, really, the first domino to fall will be Rodgers. If he signs an extension, then all hell's going to break loose, essentially. Yep. Rodgers is going to be a big domino. Devontae is going to be a big domino. And Jair. And Jair, they don't have to do right now. They can wait till during the season next year if they want to. No, they they need to get him done this offseason because he's on that fifth-year option. That's over $13 million. Oh. They'll, they'll have to extend him because that's too much. So the, the, he'll be a lot cheaper. He'll be, I believe, $6 million cheaper. Even if they make him the highest-paid cornerback in the league, they can have him on the cap cheaper. Uh, than what he's coming into right now, so oh, I think God, I think that will be guys. one of the first dominoes to fall. We might even see that before the end of the before week uh, eighteen kicks off. Really, that quick? All right. Well, that would be nice. Yeah, Packers Packers have that tendency to uh, to sneak in those veteran extensions during that last week, and it helps spread the cap out over one more year. So we'll see. They got about three million dollars left to spend this year. Maybe they do it on a guy like uh, Jair getting his deal done. I'd be down with that. He has Ken Ingles. Check him out on Twitter at Ken Ingles. Ken, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, thanks, Sparky. You bet you take care. There he is, Ken Ingles, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Apply for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com today. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. The Packers get the win, and we're talking about it on the fan. That's how we do it. It's a green and gold Monday on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, Lakeland. Dot E-D-U. See Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Rami Makhlouf will be in here momentarily. And uh, looking forward to talking to Rami as we celebrate 17 years uh, here on 1250 AM, uh, The Fan, WSSP. Hey, no matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TV, so watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in a huge entertainment game room and settle down awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Since I've got Dan Plucker here, and Dan Plucker is producing for Rami today, and since we never got to it uh, on uh, the Wendy's Big Show today, because we were all Packers all the time, Green and Gold Monday, and 
Uh, Rami will be all Packers all the time coming up here at 3 o'clock. Before Rami gets in here, take a few minutes uh, and pick the brain of one Michigan Wolverine guy, Dan Plucker, other side of the glass. Uh, Pluck, uh, before we get to the Michigan game, thoughts on how Cincinnati looked uh, against Alabama? Because, of course, you saw the uh, people on Twitter, oh, they currently obviously didn't belong. They never should have been in the game. I didn't think Cincinnati played all that bad defensively. I I thought they did okay. Well, and honestly, every 1-4 matchup, or at least plenty of them throughout the course of the college football playoff, has been duds. There's been two teams that everybody kind of knows are going to be the two that make the national championship just about every single season. It was Alabama and Georgia this year, and sure enough, Alabama and Georgia made the national championship. Or Alabama, Clemson, whatever it was. Exactly. Uh, Even Ohio State back in the day when they made the championship and won that thing, they were a four seed because of the injuries that they had at quarterback, but they were the best team in football that year from start to finish. And the same could be made true about this Alabama and Georgia team. There was nothing getting in their ways. Uh, Michigan, as good as they were throughout the course of the season, they were not at that level. And Cincinnati was not at that level either. But I was impressed with how long they hung around with Alabama. It was it was a relatively close game for long stretches of that yep, football game. Sure and I was expecting a, a massive blowout, like Joe Burrow uh, in his first playoff game, scoring seven touchdowns and just being an obliteration. But it was not that. Cincinnati Kept, kept it rather close the whole game. And Nick Saban, even after the game, gave them credit for what they were able to do, saying like they were a tough team for us and and pretty much saying the same thing that I just said right there. Again, for a group of five team to do that, I don't know if anybody ever thought that would be would be able to happen in college but again, football. Think about the guys that Fickle has. I mean, Fickle doesn't have the four and five star kids that Alabama does by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that is I mean, maybe academically it's different, but I mean that is for the for, from the standpoint of what Wisconsin is trying to do, right? You got to recruit these three star kids and coach them up uh, and get them to play at a higher level. And athletically, I thought they hung pretty tough athletically with Alabama. And Alabama, realistically, the way we all talk about Alabama, it should have been you know a, a no contest. You would have thought, but clearly that was not the case. Now, the other game that everybody thought was going to be close and everybody expected. Uh, to be much better than it ended up was that Georgia uh, slaughter of Michigan uh, in that game. Uh, I know you were all fired up. I didn't text you. I didn't tweet at you. I just let you be for a couple days. I didn't want to bring it up. I felt bad. Uh, what happened? Well, really, Georgia just I, – I underestimated Georgia's offensive line. Uh, specifically. I mean, they completely manhandled Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo for the entire game to the point how where much they were is, How much do you think that affects their draft stock? Little to none. So it doesn't matter? No, I don't think so. Um, they'll both be top 15 picks in the draft. Well, Hutchinson was supposed to be top two. Right, and I think Hutchinson will still wind be up top still being two. one or two. Okay. I think a lot of people are still very high on him. And, and it was just one bad game. Like, literally... It was, and it wasn't even a bad game. It's just that he wasn't the factor that he was in all of the other games this season. Correct, I mean, he wasn't as dominant. And, and at in all. the NFL, you don't the, the the players that dominate every single game, the Aaron Donalds of the world, like those are special elite type of players, and not everybody can do that every single game, but Plucker, every single week. If I'm a team drafting one or two, that's what I'm expecting. Oh, right. No, and and as you should. And Aiden Hutchinson did that for all but one game this season where he was facing a lot of double teams actually in that game and a a large uh, offensive line and a good offensive line in the Georgia Bulldogs 
and and out and Michigan, you know, he'll have to adjust to that as he gets going for Aiden Hutchinson, but he'll still be one of the top two picks in this draft. There's not a doubt in my mind because of how well he played uh, for the majority what about of the season. Offensively. Offensively, uh, the defensive line, Georgia's defense and their defensive line were exactly what everybody made them up to be all season long. I mean, they they swallowed every single attempt at, at moving the football for Michigan in this game. I mean, and, and running the ball was not an option for Michigan because of it, and you put the ball in Cade McNamara's hands, who's far from a superstar quarterback, right. and he looked like... You know, a pedestrian quarterback right. that's not used to being in that situation in that this big of a game, and that's what he was for the majority of the year. The on the other hand, I thought Stetson Bennett was going to be the same thing, but he was phenomenal in this game, and they picked apart people Michigan have, secondary from start to finish. People have been undervaluing him all year. I mean, they really have. No, everybody just thought, oh, he's not that five star kid. He's not going to be that kid necessarily, one way or the other. But I was watching pregame going up to the game, and they were acting like, well, you know, this be a fairly even matchup. And it clearly wasn't. He's just a much better quarterback. But to me, it is, if you're Harbaugh and you're the Big Ten, right? Badger fans, too. This, this includes us, right? Everybody. When you get the Big Ten representative there, normally it's Ohio State. Normally, it's a game. They may lose, but it's a game. And athletically, they look like they're on the same playing field. Like you just pointed out, watching that game, they were not on the same playing field. I mean, it was boys versus men inside on the trenches, and that's where the game was won or lost. So... Yeah, you're happy with your Harbaugh. You got Michigan to a playoff. You got past Ohio State, so you got all that stuff off your back. But then after the game's done, in the next couple of days, you sit down and go, holy crap, I'm much farther away than I thought I was from trying to win a national championship because it showed how much of a gap there was. So from a Badger fan standpoint, you're going, how far are we from Michigan and Ohio State? Okay, so there's that trench right there. And then how far away are we from Alabama and Georgia? And it becomes even much larger than what right. it is to Michigan and Ohio well, State. And what it all comes down to, and it showed even in this uh, college football playoff as well, it comes down to what quarterback is going to show up and be that guy. And and sure for Ohio State this year, CJ Stroud, unbelievable Played player. Played really well as a freshman. But, but as a team, this Ohio State team this year was not the team Great. that we have seen, especially defensively yep. in past. I mean, even Utah put up how many points? That against... was a crazy like three or four minute run in that yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, and it's Utah. Like, yes. like I, I credit to Utah. For for being in the Rose Bowl, has done a nice job there. at Utah the no, last decade or of, so. Of course, yeah. yes, he has, but they have not been an offensive firepower by no. any sense of the means. So it shows you how poor Ohio State's defense yeah. was this year. It's why Michigan beat them, and it's why they were in that scenario. But it, it comes down to a, a good team, a great team, but also a superstar quarterback. I mean, Alabama, Bryce Young, Stetson yep. Benton, Bennett played like a superstar in that college football playoff, and. Go through the list. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. Tua Tagovailoa, first round pick, top three pick. Uh, Jalen Hurts, number one or Bryce first Young round is pick. Be that eventually. Bryce Young will it's get there as well. Yep. Exactly. You eventually, go through yep. these lists of quarterbacks, and they all are at that level. Marcus Mariota, number two overall selection, and it, it, the list just goes on and on and on. It's all these quarterbacks that will be remembered by their university at their program as potentially the best or one of the best to ever do it at the position. And that's how you make the college football playoff. That's how you win the whole dang thing. Michigan didn't have it this year. They had a great team. They didn't have a superstar quarterback. Who's to say they couldn't do it again? And maybe the freshman that played a little bit late in that game 
will wind up being that. But again, you get Bryce Young again next year. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, it's... Congratulations, you came back, and the quarterback is still there for Alabama. Yeah. Well, who do you got, Alabama or Georgia? Uh, Alabama's going to win again. I think uh, so. Their their offense yep. has more firepower than Georgia's defense does. For sure, Georgia's going to be pissed off. It's going to be a, a fight. It's going to be a battle. But I think Alabama is just the better Dude, team. I don't. If they trade Rodgers. I want that Jordan Davis kid. That's his name, right? That gigantic defensive oh my gosh, lineman. Yes, that's he's, who I want. I'm telling you right now, if they trade, if, if we trade Rodgers and whatever happens with Devontae, and they got a bunch of picks, I want Jordan Davis with one of those damn. Well, picks. it's crazy because some people he's are gonna still be projecting middle- him as like a, a mid twenties pick, and I'm just Dude, like, Plucker. I was looking at mock drafts yesterday. Didn't have him in the first round. I had to go three, four mock drafts in to find them 15 to 20, somewhere in that area. That's crazy. So if they make this deal with Denver, they're going to be in the top 15. Give me him. He's, I, I he's, want him. I mean, he's 6'4", like 340 and chasing down running backs. Yes. It's unbelievable he's what huge. he's able to do. Oh, my God. He's, that, yeah, I want him. A physical specimen, no yes. doubt. I, I want that, dude, please. Bring him to Green Bay. Uh, all right, take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll talk about the 17-year anniversary of the fan next with our guy, Rami Makhlouf. He's been here. Pretty much from the very start in 2005, uh, outside of that hiccup in Minneapolis. He came to a census. He came back. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. The Packers get the win, and we're talking about it on The Fan. That's how we do it. It's a green and gold Monday on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years. Years, see Sparky Pfeiffer with you, along with our guy uh, Rummy Makloff, who comes up here uh, at three o'clock. Seventeen years, Rummy Makloff. We've been doing our thing here on uh, twelve fifty. Seventeen? Yeah. That makes no. That can't be right. Makes us very old. Yeah, that yeah. can't be right. Keep telling you we're old. No. You don't want to listen to me. You keep. You always want to fight me with. Oh, I'm not old. Yeah, yeah, you're old. You left for a couple years, but here you are again, mm. and we're still sitting here doing mm. our thing. So refresh. Time, time is a social construct. R- refresh my memory. Time you and age came from construct. WRJN. Yes, you were working at uh, as a. What were you a board op? Board up. Yeah, pretty at, much. At WRJN and Racine, yeah, doing some other stuff. Right. Yeah, mainly a board up. Right. And then you ended up coming here to WSSP. We started January 1st of 2005. When did you get here? In like March? I got hired 05, 05, 05. I got hired May, May 5th. May 5th. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Okay. So you got here in May, and then you've been here outside of your little hiccup uh, being stuck in Minneapolis. Outside of that, you've been here the whole time. I have. I what, have. What's your favorite memory? Favorite memory? Wow, I know. I, I know what mine is. Mine is doing the weigh-ins with you on Fridays. That was that, that was, was good. amazing. Yeah, that was that was really fun. That Josh really Bernier had all the production all uh, diddied up, and you'd come in and strip down in like your shorts and get on the scale every Friday and weigh in and yeah, probably, to watch I mean, the weight just fall off of you to 135 probably pounds. Probably when I took your guys' money with the weight loss 500 challenge. 500 Yeah, that was good. That was a lot of money for um, us. There was Specifically all, me and Vernier more than Gary. There was also a very touching moment. Where um oh no toy drive stuff no not even the toy drive oh, toy, I mean another toy, time toy drive stands toy drive is you cried a lot of the toy on drive its own. yeah toy yes. drive stands out all all on it we've talked so much yes. about the toy drive and all the great moments Dawson aka yes. Bubba saying to the oh, doctors stuff, thank yes. you for saving my life that's amazing I'll never forget that but um when I bought my house in Bayview oh yes and at the time I was living with my parents yes. And moving to my house in Bayview, and we had like a, you know, we, I didn't have my own computer. I shared 
we shared like at this household computer that I used every morning to get ready for work. Right. And I was telling you, I was like, man, I got to, I spent all this money on a house. Now I got to buy a computer or I just got to come in early and Correct. use the computer in the station to get yes. ready. And as like a housewarming slash birthday gift, you and Gary and Leroy and my parents all pitched in and got me a laptop that sure is still my laptop we to this day. We delivered it to you in yeah, the studio. Your parents air. were yeah. here the whole day. Yeah, my parents you came in. You had no idea. No, I had no clue. I had tears in my eyes. It was that awesome. Was, that was amazing. You didn't know what to do. That was so cool. Yes. I totally very, forgot very about cool. that. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um so yeah, there were that's a lot like of the, you know that's a perfect encapsulation of the family that this place is. That's what it is, and the big show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's the, the crazy part to me is, um, you know, even though there are so many people that have worked here and are gone, that you still maintain relationships with so many people that used to work here. BBS, who was like the guy, he was the very first hire. Yeah. Right, they hired the program director Chip Ramsey, the very first person that Chip Ramsey hired was Brian Van Skoik, BVS. Um, and he just reached out on Twitter the other day, yesterday, two days ago, uh, and tweeting back and forth. And he was in our little talent tournament that we never finished because COVID hit and people left and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, still have a relationship with him and so many other people that used to work here. Josh Vernier and all the great things he did at 610 Sports. You were at Score North at one point. Mm-hmm. Mike Wickett works all over the Midwest. So... I mean, it's just, it's crazy how many people have come and gone. Peter Brown, the first voice that everybody heard on this station, he was out at State Fair with us a couple of years ago yeah, for a that. segment or yeah. two and hanging out and a part of the, the tournament uh, that we did, our talent tournament or whatever back in the day. So, I don't know, I'm very appreciative. Like, I didn't I, realize it had been 17 years. Today yeah. is the day, huh? January 1st. January 1st. Okay. But, but I don't really count January 1st because that was a weekend. So it was, we went to Fox Sports Radio. It's like a soft open. It was like Fox Sports Radio. But the like, very first voice was that Monday. So I think it was actually the second or the third, technically. It's like when a business does a soft open. Right. Let's see if we can actually do this right. before we actually do it. Yeah. yeah. So they got it on the air, made sure everything was working type deal. And then Peter opened it up. Um, he was the very first voice, local voice, heard uh, on there. But the thing that I, I can't stress enough, like back in the day, man, I remember having conversations with Tim Allen. Me and him were like, well... Got through another year. Well, <laughs> got through another year. I mean, because again, when we started our sports talk station, you all don't realize I was at WISN Radio and I was producing for Steve the Homer True, world's greatest sports talk show, for six and a half years. Mm. And then I came over here to help start this station to produce for Peter Brown in the afternoon. Didn't last very long. I ended up hosting the morning show by that June of that first year. But um, so I came over here. And when I was leaving to come over here, the prevailing thought from friends in the media that I knew was, like, good luck. Because at that point, ESPN Radio, which was 1510 back then, mm-hmm. was sun up, sun down, had absolutely no numbers, no ratings, nobody listened to them. You could barely get them in. It was horrible. Um, and they were in, like, an old dentist office building behind a Walmart. Tim and I used to go over there and do weekend shifts. Tim would be on the air. I would kind of help produce for nothing uh, and be a part of that whole thing before we started this station. So, and for the first couple of years, like, we had no numbers, they had no numbers, but we had people that were passionate about the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, Andre with Bridgman Foods at Wendy's believed in us from the start and wanted in. So we'll be a partner. We're going to grow this together. And it came, up, uh, came, came through with Flying Colors. So many different sponsors. Thomas Marola has been here forever. Paul Roberts, a Robert Specialty Meet, yep. started with Mike Wicked back in the day yep. and has been here forever. And his business has exploded since back when he started uh, with us and started his business in Waukesha. So, I don't know. I'm just very proud 
of um, everybody involved, all the different shows, uh, all the different on-air guys and producers that have come and gone through here, all the different interns uh, that have come and gone through here. So I just want to say thank you and all the listeners that have supported us. Because, again, without you, uh, we probably wouldn't be on the air right now if it wasn't for you guys uh, being so great. And all the great sponsors that have been with us uh, throughout the years, appreciate it. Uh, Andy and Heartland, uh, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Andy? Hey, guys. Um, I wasn't there back in January, but I was there for the first draft that you guys had. Oh, sure. The first draft show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that had to be, I think that was the Roethlisberger draft, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it might be. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, I've been I've been here for a while, and I loved your Midday Madness. I'm, I'm happy they brought it back, because I think that was you and... Um, Marcus. You you and you and Gary had a segment. Nope, it was no no no. You're getting confused. You're thinking of Gary and Cliff, uh, and they did the nine to eleven green and gold show, and that was for that that fall. And then it was supposed to be done after the Packers season, and they were such a hit, they kept them on, and then eventually ended up moving them to the afternoon show after Peter left. Okay, I just remember that uh, um, Doug and uh, did you say was it was Wake Kevin? It. Doug and Wicket. 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 Yeah. They like Wicket. They did not get along. I remember that. They didn't get along. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember that. It, it wasn't so much they didn't get along. They just didn't agree on a lot of takes necessarily at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hey, guys, I've been here a long time, and I'm so happy that you guys came on the air. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air. It was, it was, it was awesome. I'm glad I could share this with you. But, um, yeah, I think the first time I talked to you, Sparky, was uh, you were you. Your question was, who was the best athlete that uh, did not get a fair shake, like due to injury? Right. And yep. me and you agreed that it was Bo Jackson. My whole life, I've said Bo Jackson, and that will never change, yeah. Andy. I agree with yeah. you on that one, thousand percent. Thanks for the call, Andy. Uh, so yeah, so uh, a, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of great memories uh, along the way. A lot of goofy, stupid stuff that I've done on the radio and off the radio and different remotes that we've done and so forth. Again, I mean, the Favre thing, right, Rami? I oh, mean, God. Yeah. The barbecue. Which, which Favre thing? The barbecue at Maddie's with, we, we got a bunch of, a couple of used cars from Salentine's, which is no longer around. Um, uh, old cars, they painted them all purple for us. Uh, and then we had sledgehammers, and people could take sledgehammer swings at the cars. We did our show out there. It's so stupid. We had, dude, we made national news. Don't you remember uh, that? Yeah. We made national news. Because it was stupid. Then we had big uh, <laughs> uh, garbage cans. Then we had fires going in. People were throwing their Favre jerseys into the fire as that was going on. <laughs> Maddie's had all kinds of $4 specials going on. And that was all leading up to the first Packer Viking game that night. Um, had that going on. Then we had, uh, they weren't victory girls. Whose girls were they? Were the, who was the ones that, I don't remember who they were. They weren't. We had victory girls uh, back in the day. We had girls oh, yeah, uh, for the we station did, as well. We? That's yeah. not who it was, though. I don't remember what who provided them, but they were out there uh, <laughs> as well. I think we had a dunk tank going on, possibly. We had a lot of <laughs> stuff going really on. That dumb. place with Maddie's was. I mean, it was packed. brilliant. It made a lot of money and got us some attention, yes. but it was so. Dumb. And it was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. 
That was one of the funnest shows I've ever done. Yes, Dan Plunkett. Uh, so I hate to be the fun killer, uh-huh. but we do have some Packers news, Ooh. both positive and negative from oh. the Matt LaFleur press conference. We'll start with the uh, negative. More COVID in the Packers oh, locker room. Fine, it's a lion. Uh, Dennis Kelly, Darnell Savage put on the COVID list, okay. and also uh, the returner, David Moore, as well, put on the COVID <laughs> of list. Of course, David so, Moore. <laughs> of course. Yeah, now Amari Rodgers gets to play, now there's no fight. Okay, fine. But I just hope they're both, I hope all three are healthy. They get through it. I'm not going to take anything for granted that they'll be fine. So hopefully they're fine. They get through it, and that's fine. Be ready for the play. I saw somebody suggest. Don't eat them against the Lions. I saw somebody suggest put them all in a room and let them all get COVID I've seen that. this week. I've seen that. cleared for the playoffs. I think I saw the same tweet. I think yeah. I was on the same tweet. People yeah. are oh, awful goodness. and ridiculous. Yeah. All right, Parker, what else uh, you got? And then Jair Alexander, even though he may not practice at all this week because of COVID, may play on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. So he may be seeing really? his first action. I'm more anxious to, to see if Ken Ingles is right. If they get an extension done with somebody this week, very anxious to see if something like that happens. What in the world is Dan Orlovsky wearing on TV right now? He looks like a leprechaun. Um, uh, okay, uh, so yeah, lots of fun stuff uh, over the years here. Can I ask you just one question that we're going to talk about on the Rami show today? Mm-hmm. Just one question. I got nowhere to go, then, so right, I'm then, here with and you. And then I'm going to start my show. Uh, overalls, yes or no? Oh, I saw you put that on Twitter. Yeah. No, no, right? Did you hear Gary? No. Gary used to wear leather ones without a shirt on back in the day when he'd go to the clubs <laughs> in the 80s in Milwaukee. And then people were tweeting in the clubs that Gary used to go to that they would see him at or whatever. I can see that. I can see Gary doing that. Because that he always wanted to be LL Cool J, and that's that's an LL Cool J look. Yeah. Did yeah. you have a Kango with AJ it? AJ Dillon pulled it off. Mm-hmm. But most people, not nah, right? I'm not going to get into it. Just leave it alone. Hey, you uh, you and I don't agree on TV nearly at all. At all, no. Do you watch any of the Gordon Ramsay ones shows? Not really, no. This top level chef. I don't watch. I've never watched any of the Gordon Ramsay shows either. This top level chef that debuted last night. The next one is on mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday night. This looks pretty cool because I like cooking shows. Sure. This looks pretty cool. Nah, nah not my pr- thing. Pretty intense stuff. This Gary Ellerson will be here at 345, Pete Doherty at 435, and obviously it's a Green and Gold Monday, so lots of Packers talk throughout the afternoon at 414-799-1250. Line them up. And tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show, Ross Tucker, 1035, our NFL insider, Ryan Wood at 1106, Green Bay Press-Gazette, and the big the big hitter tomorrow, 1235, Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Sapp uh, will be on the Wendy's Big Show at 1235 tomorrow. If you can continue to promote that for me, I'd appreciate it. 1235? 1235. Dan, remind me to promote that. Yeah, Dan booked him, so I think he's got it. Uh, That'll do it for us. Enjoy Rami's show featuring Dan Plucker straight ahead. Toodles! (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.